Blog Talk Radio. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so it's not about 
the Mexicans. It's not about the wall. It's about money, and it's about control because he didn't start off with the Mexicans. And so, and the problem is that since he didn't start there, he's not going to finish there. So we can't sit here and be like, you know, I'm not Mexican. None of my family's Mexican. So, you know, let him have it because I promise you once he's done with there, then he's looking for the next person to bother with. And I have a very strong feeling that will be the African-American. You know what I'm saying? We've already seen him go through people. And once mm-hmm. he realizes, okay, I can't go, because one minute all we heard about were these Muslims. Somebody touched him and reminded him, don't forget where all of our oil comes from. Don't forget <laughs> how deep we in the bed with these people. Don't yeah. forget where our, where your money is sitting at, folks. And so then we didn't hear nothing about no Muslims, nothing. All the visas were approved. Everything was quiet. Mm. Then all of a sudden, it became the Mexicans. So this is about money. It's mm. about creating opportunity. And so we can't even get into the the label that he's putting on it now. You know what mm. I'm saying? Mm. We have mm. to really get into seeing what his actions are. And his actions are, you know, war makes money. War okay. and strife creates money, creates jobs, and holds him in a position where he can make rules un, um, unchallenged. See, as long as there's a war going on, mm-hmm. they don't. He doesn't have to listen to Congress. See, all of this is political, you know. Okay. So as long as he there's a war going on, that gives him different power, mm-hmm. and that allows him to be in power and not be checked by any of these people. So he's begging for a war, all because he wants to have that power position. <clears throat> well, he, I, what do you, what do you begging for? A civil war or something? Um, I don't think he's against no. civil war, considering <laughs> all the strife that he's created. Just, you know, I mean, I mean, what, what, what is it gonna? I mean, is the effect? I guess what I'm saying because I do hear you. Uh, you're saying, you know, go, go, go for my neighbor, or come for my neighbor tonight. Grab me in the morning. Exactly. Type thing. Exactly. I hear you. I hear you. A strategy which he has used oh so well throughout yeah. history. But here's the thing, the immediate effect, and I got to play devil's advocate. Somebody has to do it. I volunteer. Sometime I volunteer with devilish glee. But <laughs> but this time I play uh, devil's advocate. So we're talking about the immediate effect. How, you know, okay, I hear, you know, come for my neighbor tonight, come get me in the morning. I hear that. But is that a risk that I would be willing to take to at least get me in a better position? I don't know. Okay. You well, know, because what if, what if, if the shoe is on the other foot, is it reciprocated? Is I think one of my concerns, sometimes, you know, my concerns sometimes, but in a lot of times the concern of many other people is, is this another thing where our efforts and our energies get lost in and our issues take second fiddle when we should be taking this time to regroup, replan, and and dig in or whatever we have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because will we back the underdog to victory and then turn around and be under the foot of the, the very horse we backed in the race? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I understand. You know, the only problem with that is worst-case scenario Mm-hmm. With, with these Mexicans, they go home, which is across the border, okay? Mm-hmm. 
we don't have a worst case scenario. Mm. And so that's why we have to fight and keep this fight at bay as hard as we can and as long as we can. There, we don't have a plan B. Part mm. of the problem that we had with Katrina in New Orleans is because people mm. didn't have basic money to get out. Then they had nowhere to go. Then they had no re- – we don't have the resources to go nowhere. Mm. It wasn't the first of the month or the 15th. Mm. So the people that got caught up in Katrina were the poor people. See, that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. We don't have a plan B. So we have mm-hmm. to ride plan A as hard as we can. Mm. So we yep. don't want, So like I said, these Mexicans, they get mad, but their worst-case scenario is they go back to where they've already been, where all their family is, where they're mm-hmm. supported, where they can actually almost walk there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where There's not a plan B for us as African Americans. We haven't created that. We're still struggling trying to create the plan A. So mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to the point where we're in, even in a position. You know, I, and I've been through storms. I've been evacuated. I've been through these emergency-type situations, and we don't have anything. We don't have food. We don't know how to cook food over fire. You know, we don't, we don't yeah, have anything right, right, basic. Right. No backup mm-hmm. generators, mm-hmm. no nothing. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it comes to a point where you have to kind of realize this is a do or die race. There's not a plan B on it. So we have mm-hmm. to keep the we have to keep the course as hard as possible and even if that is fighting the fight over there with them mm-hmm. rather than bringing that fight to your house because you're not prepared to fight in your house. Dig that. Dig that. Dig that. And I you listen, I felt that all the way through. You know, first of all, like you said, just on a practical sense, we are not prepared to fight in your house. But secondly, just fighting against injustice for righteousness sake. Mm-hmm. You can never go wrong fighting the good fight. You can never because what was that Dr. King said coming so fresh off of the uh, memorial of Dr. King? I'm going to keep saying everybody saying Dr. King. You see how they rewrite history? Dr. King's birthday. That was not. Was that his birthday? No, it's not. Exactly. That's when the holiday celebrated. <laughs> yeah. See, I had to ask. I, I began to question. I was like, wait a minute before I speak. Let me make sure. Because, you know, rewriting history. Dr. King, no, you know, on the memorial of Dr. King. Yeah. Um, we, um, on his memorial, I'm sorry, we got sidetracked. On his memorial, what he said, in, injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere. Something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So fighting the good fight for righteous sake, for righteousness' sake. I do feel that. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay, okay. Touche. I give you that. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can feel that. You know, I can feel that. But it is just such a devastating blow. But I think that you know, too. You touched on a point uh, to go back to, and that's that again. That preparedness, that being prepared. But it, here's here's one of the problems that I that I'm running across, man, and me being just of African concept and African communal type thinking. Uh, when you talk about generators and stuff, and even you did a, um, you did something on your show, wonderful approach. Can I can I plug that? Can we tell the time when it comes? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, a wonderful approach. Eight o'clock Wednesdays, eight p.m. Eastern Wednesdays. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you have the number offhand or. We'll put out look for the blast a wonderful a wonderful approach Facebook. Yes. 
there's a page you can go to, a wonderful approach Facebook page. Go to the page, check it out. You can be notified, hit, and get notified. Check the show out, Spiritual Development, Understanding. It's a great, wonderful show. Do the thing. Anywho, back to our topic at hand. So when we, but. Um, You're talking about that preparedness. Yeah, that preparedness. When we find people doing that, that prepping thing, though, I find it so almost like that survivalist thing. Here's what turns me off about it. It's like, get mine, get yours. I'm well, going to get you know, mine. That That's, unfortunately, that's the way we live. So, of course, that's the way we prep. Mm. Mine, yours, mine, mm. yours. But those people that think communally now are going to think communally in the future, you know. So that's why we have to change these mindsets now so that we can be ready for it in the future. You know, everybody needs to have their thing that they're responsible for and responsible for learning, knowing, you know, relaying information because we can't, one person can't contain all of the knowledge. One person doesn't mm-hmm. know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can designate people to become masters in certain areas, then it's like, look, I need you to learn everything about this one thing. You know, we, we really need to be able to pull resources together. See, that's pulling resources together. You know, that knowledge skills, knowledge and skill set, that's what we need, and we need to be deliberate about who's doing what. And that's my whole thing. You saying my whole thing because, I, you know, like I said, it's too individualistic for me. Like those prepping on a military type thing, I think it's your responsibility to set up some type of defense to make sure our elders, our young people, and our academia, you know, our history and our knowledge gets up and protected. Yeah, I think everybody should know a basic survivalists have a basic, you know, at, at the very least, we should defy basic and they have a basic bug out bag or whatever. But that hardcore survivalist training, you have people training to be doctors or training to be, uh, uh, you know, with, you know, technology and keep us advanced. I think it's too much survival for me, and I don't see the thriving aspect. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. I'm not knocking it. Because yeah. you need it, but it's just too survivalist for me. I'm like, shit, it's almost depressing. I'm like, Jesus, we're going to be living like this? Yeah, learn how to eat rations and <laughs> right. things like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I'd rather fight to the damn death. Right. Like right. Point me in the direction of the gunfire. I'm shit. We have those people that do that. Right. That on the horse, okay? Right. You can do you know that. Oh, <laughs> and we need somebody that's going to be able to feed the babies, okay? We got, hey. You know? <laughs> oh, man, because I'm, hey, just no. Goodbye. Yeah. I would say we about to eat what, do what. I mean, like I said, basic is, but it goes so hardcore. I don't see the, you know, I need to see thriving. I need to see the hope for humanity. It's too Mad Max for me. It's, I'm like, Oh my God! Yeah, well, brother, you, know, you, might, you might have to learn how to. You might have to learn how to get moisture from uh, defecation, brother. I'm serious. I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, cause look, look at look at New Orleans, okay? Yeah. Um, New Orleans is a party city. They got so much going on, and this, that, and the other. They never thought they would have to prepare for anything like that. Never. And there's been studies on the levees, and people have spoken about it, and everything. They never thought they would have to stop their party and handle that situation, have, have you know, just a complete devastation. You know, they didn't think about that. That's why they weren't prepared, you know. And if you look at Houston, Houston took a hard hit. I think Harvey came yeah. and just killed Houston, you know. 
you have to be prepared. And, and we can move forward and, and thrive and all that other stuff, but there also has to be an, a plan for emergencies. And um, we're going to realize that this shutdown could be having some of us activating our plan. You know, if, if plan, if this don't work, can't make rent, what's the plan? Are you going what? to your mama's house? Are you going, you know, what, what's going to happen? So, you know, I mean, this shutdown may have people activating their emergency plan. We're about to find out how many people don't have a plan. Yes. And, uh, we were talking, I think you and I were talking earlier, talking about um, about people factoring in, you know, food stamps is a part of the budget. Yes. Real talk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about the black community. I can't tell you how many days I'm in well, got them stamps. I'm calculating bills and calculating stuff in my mind, and then them stamps will be here, such and such. See, yes. I didn't a. Yes, yes. And it became that has income. Become a part of our. That's yes. become a part of a lot of people's reality. Yes, yes. And um, not even in. And again, that's okay if that's part of your reality, but mm-hmm. you still have to plan for it that's not to the be point. there. Yeah, I mean, computer glitches happen sometimes. And there may be a delay in people. A week delay mm-hmm. in your food stamp shouldn't cause a crisis. Mm-hmm. And if it does, what are you going to do about it? You know, let's let's run through that scenario. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do if you don't have access to your food stamps for a week? You know, what resources are, are close to you? What, you know, family resources do you have? What community resources do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, so we those are kind of questions that we need to ask in the middle of understanding how this shutdown affects us, is like what what's the next step? Mm-hmm. And not to be Mad Max about it, you know, but um, we still need a plan, though. We, we need to know something. You know, do you know where all your paperwork is? Do you know, mm-hmm. do you know what your rights are? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. up north, I think after a certain degree, they can't cut your gas off or something like that. Right. You know right. that that's your right mm-hmm. to have heat. You know, mm-hmm. if things get real bad, you know what shelters have blankets and stuff like that. Right, you at know, least so- to be able to have access to the to the resources. But to yeah. go back to like what you initially saying, you know, even though you may put something that may be a part of your budget, it's an unfortunate reality for many of us in the Black African community right here, shit that we have factored and budgeted in. But when we talk about that preparedness, yeah. like you were just saying, are you prepared for that? A week. Out shouldn't send you into shock, yeah. but if it does, and by the way, throw out here, here it is. This is what we do. People's Black Panther Party for self determination. These are the programs we're talking about having. We will inform you, or we will put our minds together and find out collectively what works for us in our particular area and locale. We're not professing to have all the answers. What we're saying is we're donating what you're donating. That's time and energy and a willingness to work collectively. Self determination. That's what we're bringing to the table. Um, but anyway, that preparedness, see, that's what I was talking about when we talk about the survival training necessary. But we need to I, shit, starting with just getting our people prepared, that immediate gratification, that having to have mine right now, I need to feel good, whatever, whatever, right now, it even manifests itself, approves, shows its head in – the way that we spend our monies. Now that I'm willing to guarantee you this, because I'm hearing this all across the board, and then I'm going to shut up because I want to hear what you got to say about this. 
and how you feel. And this is not, you know, you know negative slight on my people. It is what it IT is. Call in, press one if you want to get in the conversation. Um, you know, I've been hearing all across the board people got their, I think, I, I believe it's next month, it was February stamps. Yes. Fuel creeper, I don't know what you call them and wherever you're from, where I'm from, we call them stamps. Even though they come on the card now, still call them stamps. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm just keeping it real. So, your stamps, everybody got some extra stamps. I'm wondering if it, you know, are we so immediate gratification, so right now, yeah, 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 that we didn't think about something's odd, are we hearing about the government shutdown? And if we did, do we know how to shop and prepare for something like that in an emergency? How many people, how many of us do you think really screwed up? That's my question. I'm going to be quiet and turn the floor over to you. I'm sure everybody did. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. a lot of people, not only are they budgeting in food stamps, but the food stamps creates a budget for them. So it's like, you know, food stamps, and, of course, the food stamps are not made for you to eat lobster all the time. So they're, they're made to run out every month, you know, and I don't know anybody who says, oh, I got some leftover. I don't know nobody, and I talk to a lot of people with on services. So they always run out. So if they pile up next month, that's going to run out too because we didn't change our spending habits. We, I mean, my question is, did we stop buying Hot Pockets and did we start buying some beans and rice, okay? Um, did we, you know, let go of the individual sodas and did we buy some bottled water? Uh, you know, did we, you know, so I'm not, I don't have a problem with food stamps and I don't have a problem with you spending them. But my question is, did you spend them knowing that that might be the last or at least the last until March, or did you keep spending it like it's going to upload in another couple of weeks? So, you know, we have to, that's what I'm talking about, being prepared. You know, we have to be prepared for it not to be anymore until March. You have to create the budget. Where before, you know, when they run out, that's when you know you got to go buy your oodles and noodles, and that's when they, oodles and noodles every day type of diet. Wait, wait, hey, wait a minute. You can leave oodles and noodles out. Oodles and noodles ain't mess with nobody. Everybody <laughs> love oodles and noodles. I love oodles and noodles. Everybody that loves them. That is fake food. That's yeah, there not you real. Go. There you go. That's because you ain't never had it. You ain't had a breakout. You ain't had that bad boy pizza. I make a meal out of oodles and noodles. Mm-mm. Leave it alone. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's fake food. Okay. That's fake food. Okay. I'm Hot pockets you. are fake food. Lucky Charms is fake food. I mm-hmm. mean, did anybody buy some oatmeal? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, and I'm right, not talking about the instant packs of oatmeal. I'm talking about real oatmeal mm-hmm. that you put mm-hmm. in that have oatmeal. But, does, in, but okay? does, listen, <laughs> you know, but does anybody, but that goes back to, you know, we're talking about the, you know, the government shutdown, how it affects. This is one of the points we're bringing across, and you're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. Uh, and, you know, we love to have you participate in the discussion. We're sitting there just rapping. But does anybody know how to do that anymore, though, Seven? I think that that's, you know, that's the question. When we talk about government shutdown, I think here's what I do think uh, is a necessity and opportunity for progressive organizations, and if not progressive organizations, just grandmamas. Real, I'm talking about old school grandmamas, you know, 55 and up. I ain't talking about 28-year-old grandmamas. I'm talking about the grandmamas to take an opportunity to really um, 
share the not because we're going to need to know those things, how to make oatmeal, how to do certain certain things. That's a lost art. Yeah, it is. It's a thing to say. It is a lot. Everything's so instantaneous. Everything's so just microwave and watered down. It's, it is a lost art. Man, I haven't been around a microwave in forever. <laughs> I can tell microwave food. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's fake. Because it's fake. They have to put all of these preservatives in there, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. fake. Yeah, they got to make the um, microwave know. compatible. Right. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I, I met um, a family, and they were raising a, they had a nice, maybe couple roosters and chickens, and then they had some rabbits. And they had a lot of rabbits. And I was like, what's the rabbits for? And they said to eat. I said, oh, oh, you're going to eat the poor bunny rabbit. They're like, yeah, I can skin a rabbit in five minutes. They reproduce in 30 days. You can mm-hmm. have you a full rabbit in 30 days, mm-hmm. more meat than this what's on a chicken, better for you, and um, I, you can skin them in five minutes. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm looking appalled because, you know, imagining trying to eat the rabbit, but then I'm thinking, what a 30-day turnaround on food. You know what I'm saying? You know, how – and I'm not trying to get to my prepping stage. I'm not trying to go that far, but mm-hmm. – it's nice to know that information and, um, you know, just thinking about we don't think about that kind of stuff, but they're mm-hmm. making a killing sitting at home having rabbits reproduce, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. there's yeah. Um, there are a lot more alternatives than we think there are, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, during the storm, there was no electricity, there was no grocery store. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, so what happens when the food runs out? Right, right. Right. <laughs> what happens when the food runs right. out? There's no food here. There's no food right. in the park. You can't get right. to it. What is plan and, and B? Exactly. But that's what I mean. You know, I I thinking is so fatalistic. You know, we go straight to Mad Max mode. Yes. Plan B is, you know, dun, 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 fortify ourselves. Build up a – where is the prevent? where is right now while it's at yellow before it absolutely – before it hits red alert, you know what I'm saying? We, the preparation. Right. You know, the with all of this reactionary bull stuff, man, all of this just waiting on and waiting on and see it coming. You know, so where's the preparation? Or at least, if not preparation, where's the prevention? If it hits, you know, is is it ideal for us to jump into this to, to, to survivalist mode and we sell off and click off? You know, or do we try some, prevent, some prevention? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not yeah. far from here, you know, because I live in, uh, I guess this is almost South Georgia. We mm-hmm. have farms here, people that grow food, and mm-hmm. they sell on the back of the trucks on the highway. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, okay, thank you for these, you know, turnip greens and all this good stuff, but where are you at when you're not here? Where's the farm? Right. I can come to the farm and get what I need to get in case of anything that comes up. So, you know, again, when it comes to having resources, we have a big, you know, we have a number of farms that have a number of produce yeah. around here. And so, you know, it, it comes a question. And I am two hours, two and a half hours from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might need to know where your nearest farm is. Yeah. You might want to know what seasons things are. You might, I'm just saying, we don't know how serious this government shutdown is. Mm-hmm. And because we have already voted past tense. Voting is not even going to stop this shutdown. Um, I don't know if there's a political agenda that we can do on this level 
to stop the shutdown. So at that point, we have to prepare for the different scenarios that the shutdown can create. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what, and at the end of the day, that's what it's about. I always say inform people, make informed decisions, you know, and that's what it's about bringing that um, really just changing right now at this point with the fight is just changing to some social, bad social habits, social practices and self-destructive behavior on a real level. You know, I mean, you know, it feels good to go through and to put on our uniforms and to jump out there and puff our chests out, you know, on some real, black power superhero type stuff, but the everyday discipline that it takes to really mold yourself and cultivate yourself into a revolutionary type to combat things like this. You know, first having a don't panic attitude. You know what I'm saying? Don't get caught up into the rhetoric and your feelings and stuff like that to look at stuff objectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know and because we don't really know uh, mm-hmm. This president's agenda That's mm-hmm. real important What you just said Don't mm-hmm. panic Don't yeah. react mm-hmm. Don't take to the streets And tear up the stores That you have in your street mm-hmm. Because there is an underlying agenda To all of this And a lot of that is to produce Negative thoughts, feelings, emotions And actions from people mm-hmm. So don't be part of the the problem at that point. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what is to pr- pr- uh, promote. So you know we're talking about, um, but that goes into too. I still don't want to steer away from, and keeping it twenty one, black and brown relations. Mm. I don't want to steer away from that because that's important. Even if that's just a smoke screen, even if it's just something to divert our attention, it's done just that. It has brought attention to the issue and awareness and some real things that we have to talk about. And it's a topic that's divided, uh, even amongst us as black nationalists, to what degree of participation, if any, that we have with our, with our brown brothers. Now, I'm going to say this because as the national chairman of the People's Black Panther Party for T- Self-Determination, uh, our California chapter and quite possibly in the future, our Texas chapter, as they develop, but our California chapter works in alliance with uh, the Brown Berets. A lot of people have problems. Oh, brother, how are you black men? Because we're revolutionary black nationalists. So not only are we is the black nationalist cause first and foremost in our mind, you know, our issues to address, but it's something like Seven said earlier, you know, wherever we should have that common enemy, and oppression is that common enemy. And if we're teaming up to expose oppression, fight against oppression, inform our people about the uh, evils of oppression, yo, then we're going to fight the good fight always. But uh, so, but let's talk about this a little bit because then, like you said, there's a flip when we talk about that. That's revolutionary. That's for those revolutionary comrades, brown brothers, and stuff like that. But let's talk about, let's get real, though. Let's talk about Socially, man, in the hoods, what are our what what are our relations, and does it benefit us? Because we got a tendency of even though we say we're going to fight the good fight, and I believe that wholeheartedly, we have a tendency of losing ourselves in other people's causes. Mhm, mhm. And I've seen mm-hmm. that. I've seen that. Yeah. And I understand that. 
and I respect that, that there has to be a focus for our own self. Um, being from Miami, and uh, down, I've been around a lot of islanders, and they are they have a lot of pride in their nation, and they should. I, mm-hmm. I, be, I be, I'm a black nationalist. I have a lot of pride in my nation and being African American, um, and my ancestors being on this land, making and building this land. So I, I understand that wholeheartedly. Um, I also relate very strongly with those that have, that are brown and black, you know, or light skin, or, you know, I got Cuban friends that that look white, but they'll tell you that they're Cuban. So, um, you know, I enjoy Mexican people. Um, I enjoy a lot about them. I've lived beside them. I've always had very, very good relations with them. Uh, and when I did live beside them, we were all, on the same social economic levels, and so there wasn't any us or them. It was just all, it was just us, and we were just trying to make it through that particular experience. And I think sometimes, you know, especially for African Americans, shared experiences creates more of a bond sometimes than even the the race that we are. So you know, it's not that I've seen people turn over their African Americanness. It's just that they created a stronger bond off of this shared experience. Now, let me, I'm going to say this, because I'm going to, you know, somebody got to say it. Shit, I'll say it. At the risk of sounding chauvinistic, and please forgive me, but I wonder if a black African from America here, a brother, would have gotten that same treatment. You know, sometimes people just as looking at, you know, they may, you may have been non-threatening, you're a female, and no disrespect, but there probably was a little. They they felt some acquiescence. They they felt you you know that you would. It wasn't a over African sense of dominance. They didn't feel challenged in their Mexicanness. I wonder if a black nationalist brother, me flying a red, black, and green flag, you know, sitting on my porch in some fatigue and a beret, my boots tied tight in the mother. I mean, cutting circulation off in my ankles, feet swollen. I wonder if I'd have got the same reception. Uh, unsure. Unsure. We, we, we would have to try it as an experiment, and I would love to try it as an experiment. Man, I, yeah. yeah, see, a lot of times they will accept us because I, and this is my opinion, of course, you know, when we're in places, black has, we have not, black has not made a profound statement enough for them. Like, you know they're Mexican. They have the Mexican flag. They speak Spanish. They have a particular food a particular dress, and we won't, I mean, have they really been exposed to somebody that just celebrating and just is overly, unapologetically Pan-Africanist black nationalist? What's I the, I would I love think, to see them. And I, I think the answer to that is not often, mm-hmm. but when they see it, they're like, oh, okay, you're like us. You believe in nationalism. You know what I'm saying? All mm-hmm. you would do is expose their own national behavior. And a lot of times when we don't see it, mm-hmm. we'll be like, man, where's your national pride? You know what I'm saying? Where, where's your pride in who you are? You know, so I, I think you're right on both times. I think they don't have a lot of exposure to people that hold tight their black nationalism. Mm-hmm. And if they did, though, in the times that I've seen it and they've seen it in me, they, they recognize it 
as a positive thing because they know they oh. have it. Well, let's 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 see let's see what the callers think. Let's go to the lines. I'm opening you up. Uh, last digit nine nine seven nine six one nine 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 seven nine. Wait a minute. Oh, sorry about that. Let me get you there. Yeah, your mic is open. Power to people, this is National Chief of Staff, Brother War. Power to the people, Chief of Staff. Man, glad you could join in and listening, brother. Yes, sir. Um, Yes, sir. I wanted wanted to touch on um, one of the things that we was talking about. Y'all was talking about earlier in regards to uh, blacks as far as uh, food, food preparation and, and just our lifestyle dealing with this government shutdown. <clears throat> let me let me yes, bring sir. up a basic point. Majority of, of, of our, the way we deal with crisis or deal with situation is based upon the things that have been provided to us in basic academics or schooling. Unlike a lot of white people, black people typically don't bond in terms of the family unit outside of what we have to learn to get a job. So unfortunately, when it comes to crisis situations, just like I was talking about with the food stamps and so forth, we don't, as a family unit, co- uh, uh, create and have that type of educational basis as a norm within our family structure. Within our family structure, that we have what's referred to as the talk, where we talk about what you don't do around police officers and being careful in regards to dealing with uh, law enforcement. But what, what we don't deal with is how we actually deal with a crisis situation in terms of food preparation, in terms of if, if, we, lose, if we lose electricity, or even when you talk about accountable spending and we talk about savings. Typically when a black family thinks about saving money, is saving money you, not for an emergency, but usually saving money for um, – some type of consumer good that they want to buy further on down the line. And even if it's talking, even if we are saving money for emergencies, if you think about a situation where just say the grocery stores are shut down for two weeks and we can't get access to them, that money that you're saving for a, that, that type of situation is null and void. People that prep don't save money for a, right. a crisis in terms of, of emergency preparedness. They save money simply as a means of having a, a, another way of a, of a, uh, of a, uh, of a um, resource. But what they do yeah. is yeah. they stack and have certain type, of, uh, certain type of things available to them. And then they also perform drills to deal with yes, a do. crisis situation. What if I'm driving yes, home and all of a sudden there's, there's an earthquake? What do I do? What, what channel do I operate? In the event of some type of an EMP post that, that hits the United States, where do I go? What evacuations routes do I have? What type of codes and what type of rendezvous places do we have in place for my family in the event that we all scattered in a certain area and, it, and, and a crisis take place? Let's face it. The, the chances of a crisis happening in your entire family unit being in one place at one point in time is, is, is just, you know, uh, really not going to happen. We have to actually prepare as a family unit to deal with crisis. And another thing I wanted to even mention, just in regards to you talking about wanting to know what a form is also that you can go buy forms directly, uh, uh, produce directly formed them. A lot of times mm-hmm. when you're dealing with forming, 
the surplus is why you see them out there on the corner selling out of their vehicle. If mm-hmm. they don't want you to come to their house because if they are not out there selling that surplus, that means that they only got enough for what, what they want to grow for their family. They, they supply oh. their family and their immediates first, and then surplus is what you see them selling. So if, if, if they're in some kind of crisis, if, you, if they see a vehicle driving up to their land, they got they their shotgun hurt. ready. <laughs> yeah, because they, they only surplus is what they're going out there and selling. Anything else mm-hmm. is, is already pre-allocated. Mm-hmm. And like your grains mm-hmm. and your rices and things like that, they stack that stuff away. Your beans, they stack mm-hmm. that away. So we have to mm-hmm. learn and we have to, as part of our family structure, we have to deal with, with, um, with preserving. You know, how, how do you can food? How do you preserve food? Right. How do you jerky something? Mm-hmm. See, these are the kind of mm-hmm. things that we have to do. It's not just so much buying up a, a bulk load of food, but we even need to deal with how do, how do you create a, and preserve a product so, that it can, so you can naturally extend the shelf life of it and, and naturally mm-hmm. benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So these kind mm-hmm. of things have to be a part of what we do as a family structure, preparing for emergencies. And unfortunately, those yeah. those things are not taught in the school system, so a lot of our families don't deal with that. So when we go into crisis mode, typically that has to do with uh, looting, rioting, or, you know, scrambling, because we don't prepare ourselves to deal with, with, with general crisis. majority of us don't know how to work shortwave radios, yet alone how to work two-way radios. These are the kind of things that you, you, you have to take upon ourselves you know, to educate ourselves after, you know, going through your regular school system because it's not something taught in the school. It has nothing at all to do with getting a job. It has to do with mm-hmm. how you want your family to be prepared in any event of an emergency. And, and so to those kind of things we have to I'm, bring to our people. Go mm-hmm. ahead. And one of the one, – I'm sorry, Chief. One of the things you harbor on key to that is, like you said, that has to become a part of our cultural training. You know, yep. that has to become a part of, like you said, just the training. I think you had said that early on. And that's what we're missing out. But that's that that's that material consumer thing that eats us. We're just ready for everything to be spoon-fed. By the way, you're listening to the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. Um, we're talking about the government shutdown, and one of the have national chief of staff war on. And he was talking about some of the reasons why the importance of preparedness and why we don't. You know, from the um, whole thing. I want to go back to this, though, and we'll open up the discussion again, Chief. And I'm going to leave your mic open, sir, uh, and uh, Seven. Is when you said, so one of the things, man, that could be done is if, if groups got together and pulled their resources and just went to the farm, went went to the farm and did a contract or caught the farmer and did a contract with a farmer. I think that that whole thing has to be introduced ways to uh, bring fresh produce to them, or ways to get these things into the city is some of the things that some of these progressive organizations should be working on. That's right. That's right. And um, if I can butt in there, one yeah. thing that uh, Chief said, Chief Ward said, is that we need to practice these as well. We can't wait for an emergency and then start saying, oh, what about that phone tree? What about this? What about that? We really need to start practicing because, unfortunately, like when it comes to the storms and the flooding, that's real. 
that's a that's a fact. That's part of our reality. We need to have a plan of action for that. You know, which one of your family members lives lives inland? You know, um, where do you know? How do we know who's supposed to be calling who? How what do we take in the car with us? What's emergency and what's not? You know, how do we learn how to motivate? and be ready to move within 30 minutes, you know, if we have to, because sometimes emergencies are that quick. But without the practice, then we don't even get the understanding of all that's involved with it. So I thought that was an excellent point that you brought up. We have to practice. We have to understand that even though this isn't our day-to-day, it may be one day. And so we might, we need to have an understanding. And, you know, I have I still have a child at home. I need him to know what he's supposed to do. And I work with mine a lot, but, you know, a lot of times if you don't have, you know, what's the elder supposed to do? You know, does the elder know what they're supposed to do? Who's going to the elder's house to pick them up as we're going to handle this or that? You that's, know, so we have plans in place. Yeah, that's what's important to me. I think what you said right there, that that's what's important to me. It's not just each individual knowing and practicing, but it be organized in such a manner you know, that um, everyone is kind of somewhat looked out for. There's designated points that is organized in such a manner that it isn't just, it's still, even though you're prepared, still just having a dog-eat-dog mentality. What I said is, and that's what I talked about, prevention, you know, instead of just straight Mad Max stage. That's where you can worry me about the survival training. I get, maybe I went too extreme too fast because I was with brother scared, like I said, they scared the hell out of me. Brother, okay, I'm like, man, whoa, damn, over in like 50, but I know it comes fast, but I'm like, damn, we primitive now, I got to learn to make a spear from a stick, you know, I need to, you know, real talk, I, where's the prevention, where's like what we're what talking stages? about? You know, stages to this. Exactly. You know, so, you know, yeah. we're an extreme people, we can, we can be dramatic, okay, we yeah. got drama down. Yeah, so, and, you that, know. <laughs> and that's my and right, and that's my concern that in this day of you know especially social media and everything sensationalism the, the play on emotion sells, and we're not doing the small practical things that we can begin to start to change the momentum and change the tide. You know, one for the listeners is like joining a progressive organization. Lo and behold, you're on the People's Black Panther Party. Talk radio. <laughs> the one's right in front of you. Would you look at that? But if not us, some progressive black organization that has, you know, clear cut goals and objectives. You know what I'm saying? You can see where they're going and what they're trying to accomplish and achieve and you can see where you where your part would help them in that. But we you know, it's just about making and taking practical steps. You know, we sit back, this attitude of indifference, this attitude of sitting back and um, armchair quarterbacking, what they call it, what now they call it armchair revolutionary, you know, critiquing and criticizing from the sidelines without taking uh, some measures and getting involved. The writing's on the wall. And, and as we start, as we begin to understand the government's true feeling towards us, Mm-hmm. Um, as it becomes apparent, it's always been there, but as it becomes more and more apparent, we have to get out of this handout type mentality. You know, so many of us, mm-hmm. and I say us because it really is us, we get 
comfortable with the idea that FEMA's coming, uh, this handout's coming, that handout's coming. We have to really begin to understand truly what self-sufficient would look like. And, and it doesn't happen all at once, but if we can just take one piece back, you know, one aspect of our own survival in our own hands, that makes a big difference. And in each year, we can increase that, you know, but it, it starts somewhere, and that's what we're not doing. We're not starting that. We're still waiting for the handout. We're waiting for the notification. When you don't wait for the notification, we've already been notified. You know, if you were watching the news, if you were involved in your local politics, if you were aware of, you know, what's going on at your child's school, you already have a sense of awareness, but we're still waiting for someone to say go. You know, and we have to start, we have to get out of that idea and start being able to make decisions that affect us for us. Yeah, yeah, that's the work of it. You know, at the Let end of the day, that's the that. Yes, sir. The, the, the key to that is going back to like what we always we, we emphasize is being uh, self-determination and, it's, and also deals with self-sufficiency. The biggest thing we have to understand that's going on with our people is that we're dealing with a domesticate, domesticated existence. And when, you di- and when you think from a domesticated existence, that means that the kind of things we're talking about are not going to be included in that. That's no different than how when there is a disaster, somebody go and save their pet. So right now we're in pet mode. And as long as we're in pet mode, it's not going to be a part of our adopted culture to do for self. And and, and, and when you're in the mindset and mind frame of doing for self, then you're not going to have the mentality that I'm going to rely on external forces or external provisions to support me. I'm going to take it upon myself and do it for self. It's no different than going back to when we talk about self-determination. We talk about it from the, the, the standpoint of building up resources, whether it be land, financial, or whatever, but dealing with our mechanism structures. We build up a resource. And only then when you have that, that, that perspective and that consciousness will you say, I'm going to adopt this on a personal level, a family level, a community level, and a national level. So that's part of the problem. So that domestication process has to be first and foremost uh, eradicated. Then our minds will open up to the condition of self-preservation and self-preparation. So that's the key that we're missing, I believe. Domestic. Damn, Chief. I didn't appreciate that. I I agree with you, but I don't appreciate it. (laughs) It it is so, ooh, ooh, that's a bad word. Where do you begin, right, where do you begin, being in this domesticated state, where do you begin to get the concepts of thinking out of domestication when you've never known it? That goes back to what that goes back to kind of what we're doing. We have to we we, we have to do our part as as the people of Black Panther Party and and deal with it from an awareness perspective. And unfortunately, Absolutely. sometimes that may even be going back to dealing with it extremely and talk about in these scenarios or in time, so to speak. Go back to what they do in the religious community, especially within Christianity. They shock you and create a fear factor that causes you to do what? Congregate. That congregate, congregation at that point is all molded around getting you to change your ways. So our culture 
actually has to be adopted into, and I hate to say fear, but we have to get our people to realize that change it will only take place and preparation is only going to happen if we do it. Sometimes, especially when you're in a mode of, of, of being a habitual uh, domesticated being, then you have to change that state and that status. And it comes, it, and it only, it's only going to come with time and with practice. And, you know, we, we have to implement a, a program of initiating programs or initiating a, a, a response to our community. So let's just say that. And when we talk about just past ideology and we talk about back in the day, we've had survival programs that dealt with the basic needs of our people as in food, clothing, shelter. But what we right. do not include in terms of the basic needs is undomesticating our people's mindset so that we do wow. do for self. Because, mind you, mm. what took place is through desegregation, or I like to refer to it as a simulation, there was not a coaching or a progress, a process to still make sure that we maintain the, the core values that we had to have in place when we could not go elsewhere for goods and services. Absolutely. So we had to depend on Absolutely. ourselves. So since we don't have Absolutely. to depend on ourselves, we ran out. We basically ran out of the forest as a wolf and said, hey, take care of me. Put me a food dish out there. Put me in your backyard. Put a leash on me and take care of me. I don't want to take care of myself. That's really that's literally mm-hmm. what we did. So we have to undo that process. And so yeah. one, of our, one of our programs have to basically be re, reintroducing ourselves to being self-sufficient, mentally, physically, mm-hmm. and spiritually. Too often we address, yeah. address it from a physical perspective, which is where the militancy come in, the discipline come in. Mm-hmm. But we're not doing that mm-hmm. mentally and spiritually. If we were doing it spiritually, then that would that would change the whole format in which, in which black people deal with, with religion, and that's not happening. Mm. And if we did yeah. it mentally, then we would, as a people, deal with things from a a personal, a family, and a community structure that involves our culture being self-determined. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a and long, drawn out process, and we just have to start. And then, you know, the best motivators sometimes is hunger. Sometimes the best motivator is the having without. And we're about to get in, we're about to move into this phase where we won't have. You know, they already said we're not uploading no more food stamps until March, okay? Um, Find a way to do it yourself. And so um, hunger is a great motivator. You know, a lot of times, during those times where we were truly creating uh, programs, revenues, resources, we had to. They were forced upon us. And I really do believe that we're moving back into that understanding of do or die, you know, and, and that is going to create motivation to get everything back aligned. We're going to have to readjust where we are and relearn and I love the way that you're going about it, uh, Chief Wars, because you're like, we have to re-educate. That's being polite. You know, that's being very kind to, to the situation and to where we are, because it truly is ignorance that has us in these situations. You know, and I'm not saying dumb. I'm saying ignorant, like lack of knowledge. We don't know. We didn't understand. 
a lot of, if you are second, third, fourth generation, I don't know if we have fourth generations, but if if you have only known government assistance and you mm-hmm. learned it from your mama, then I don't understand what else you're supposed to know until someone says to you, you know, come here, little mama, let me tell you about something. Let me let me explain there's another way to do things. And so I like the idea of letting education be yeah. the forefront. You know, we can't shame people. People are not going to learn from shame, okay? Mm-hmm. And so we have to go about it in a compassionate way, but mm-hmm. in an educating way like you just don't know, and I'm here to educate you. I'm here to tell you this. Yeah, you well, and 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 and, and I like the the part of being it, making it a part of the culture. You know, yeah, and the reason I said that. Of, yeah, reason I reason I said that is because you have to deal with things that that's that break it down to, from a reality perspective. If I'm mm-hmm. only exposed to pro black pro black things, one hour a day on this radio program, two hours two hours on this radio program a week, versus the nonsense that is bombarded upon me the other seven days a week, uh, 20, 22 yeah. hours, seven days, seven days and 22 hours. Mm-hmm. Think of that. How am I going to put myself in an environment to where this information that I'm being provided is a ongoing regular part of my existence? Because it's hard to offset being bombarded with nonsense and negativity and things that cause you to be domesticated if you're dealing with that six and a half days a week and you only exposed mm-hmm. to this type of talk, this type of information, mm-hmm. and this type of knowledge two hours a day a week. So we have to literally exactly. make it a part of our culture. And when you make it a part of your culture, then your exposure to it will, will increase. Once your exposure to it increases, then you adopt it as a part of your being. Once it's adopted as part of your being, then it becomes part of that habitual process that you now that now makes up you. And then that causes you to once something is a habitual process, then it will replace that those those negative elements that you habitually already do now. As in soak soak up T V and, and, and all this other stuff that we have adopted and, and, and made a part of your our regular existence as the domesticated being. And with that, and, and on that same note, let's go back to this. Like I said, as as a were uh, people, freedom fighters that we are, we have to develop programs that deal with the awareness of our people. So it's not just simply addressing when we talk about our yeah. needs. Yeah, we have yeah. to add this to that yeah. survival yeah. program yeah. group. Yeah, and, and that's what we have to push on other about. formations. You talking about the whole thing, and this is what yeah, putting on the other formations and within for my champion, for my representatives. Listen for the people, Black Panther Party. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Chief War couldn't hit on the point that I exactly wanted, um, absolutely wanted to touch on. That's the importance of the practice of it. That's the importance, representatives of any formation, and particularly this formation, that at least meeting weekly, once a week. In order for it to become a part of the culture, it has to be a part of the practice. And he talked about that ingrate. What was it, the ingrate? The habit. The, you know. Yeah. It, it becoming. Making it habitual. Yeah. Making it habitual. That meeting once we begins to create that culture, 
You can't do it through the social media. You can't do it through just a phone conversation. You damn sure are not going to be able to do it just listening to this two hours, which will come in, you know, 50 minutes late on that. So listen to a good, strong 40 minutes of a program. It's going to take actual practical participation and that participation being you placing yourself in actual activity that brings about um, this change and this habitual behavior. But you're going to have to get out there, do it, and some, begin to, find, to gravitate towards wherever you can find it. And we know it's hard to find. This is why we uh, implore the people. We're telling our representatives, create the spot. That's the importance of the meeting. It's not about getting up there, hearing somebody coming just to hear you speak. You don't even have, well, I'm not a good speaker. That Nobody asks you to be. We ask you to be a wonderful organizer and a great brother and a be you know what you can be to the community. Create the spot. We're asking you. And if you're part of this party instructing you to create the spot that that um, nucleus can form and that energy can start to disperse. But if we don't actually do it, then we see what we're doing now, man, sitting and watching the government shut down and doing this. How does it affect us? Well, we're giving you the play. There again, I'm going to say, and I'm going to turn the mic you know, back over to the brother. I say this. Join and be active. Any progressive black organization, we're here if you want to check us out, People's Black Panther Party. Um, I think we're at Gmail. You can check us out. Go to our Facebook page. All our information is up there. You know, if you want to participate in this and really be about the change in 2019, you know, really be about the change because things are happening. And what? Everybody's waking it up because everybody's in a panic mode. And we're like what we're offering the, the people. We're not. Listen, let me say this, too. I have to throw this in here because with this mentality, with, that's why we're self-determinists. Because with this mentality of waiting on the Savior, nobody said we in the People's Black Panther Party swooping down with a cape, a black cape, to save you. We have this Red Cross mentality. Even some of these formations just want to create. Um, Chief did a wonderful talk one time. You and I were talking one time, Chief, and you was explaining the difference between a program and a, uh, what would you call it? A program and a, uh, damn, Chief, what did uh, you call it? Okay, I remember, yeah. Us doing um, basically a, a project and a program. That's what we talk talking yeah, about. Yeah, a project and a program. Dealing with a project and a program. Right, dealing with a project and a program. So we're talking about putting these programs on to make a change. But go ahead, Chief. Yeah. I was just going to say breaking that real down real quick and then going back to something in Georgia I would like people that are in that vicinity to check out. The idea is too often a lot of people that get involved in community activism really have projects and not programs and what a project is is where you get out periodically once in a while without a, a a actual structure in place and do something to help the people but it's not consistent it's not anything that someone can actually establish a timetable around and when and, and when it's not consistent and when you're not consistent then again you will not, that does not allow the people to have a habitual pattern set in place so that they can rely on that. And by relying on that, that also goes feeds into their consciousness. So now they have a consistent level of exposure to something that's going to deal with self-preservation and, 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 and getting us to be more pro, pro-black and, and centered around doing for self. So, 
the program will be an ongoing operation that's not just simply held by the People's Black Panther Party or any other formation, but that's given and taken over by the community. So the community now starts serving itself. And that is the process of, the, of, of a perpetual motion that we need to get in. And that is self-preservation. That is self-sufficiency. Not when the Panthers are doing it, but when the community takes it over and the Panthers are able to step back and address another area and bring forth another solution for the people. That's where we have to be headed with that. Point yes, I wanted to make. In, in Georgia, there is an area, there, there, there is a monument called the Georgia Godstones. I advise anybody in Georgia to go visit the Georgia Godstones. I was there when I lived there. I, I visited several times. The deal is that the Georgia Godstones talk about the ultimate plan of eradicating the human population down to what it, it, it refers to as a, a level that's sustainable by the, the earth, the planet earth, which is 500 million. So ultimately, these folks' mentality is that a high percentage of the people walking on the surface now, the surface dwellers, need to be eradicated from this planet. Bottom line. So we have to be looking into doing for self. Mm. Period, point blank. So the ultimate but, plan is to eradicate eradicate a great deal of the human population, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to yeah. bring that point up. And when, and, and when I say when, when a person makes a trip and actually sees it, and you see these erected figures in, in, in various languages because they want to speak to everybody that they can, then it hits home. Then it really hits you that, that, hey, I need to get my act together. And not only do I need to get my act together, but I got to get my community together. That's it. That's all I got to say on that. The Georgia Godstones? Yes, sir, the Georgia Godstones. Okay. I have to check that out, put that on the field trip list. And that's real. You know, that's real, man. The time time for playing is over. Sister Seven, did you want to comment on that or weigh in with that? Um, we had to be very clear that there is a strong oppositional force mm-hmm. against us. And it doesn't, the, the picture of it is not as clear as it used to be. It, it comes in different shades. It comes with different agendas. It's attacking on so many different fronts. It's hard to fight it all at once. And we have to become very, very aggressive in understanding that, there's not someone to come to save us. We have to really start to put these things in place now. But, you know, I think sometimes we get comfortable in thinking that the law will protect us or thinking that, you know, oh, well, they, the U.N. will come and save us or, you know, they, they're not going to just take all the black people and put them on a boat. And, you know, we become comfortable in what they won't do. But there's a lot of things in between what they can do and what? then that final place. And what so did we Chief have call to, it? Say it again? What did Chief call it? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Domesticated. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, we have know to, we have to get undomesticated. You know, oh, 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 that's disrespectful. That is yeah. just horrible. But, you know, I, I, as I have domesticated animals in the house, when they get hungry, they go and sit by the food dish. Mm-hmm. The undomesticated animals outside, they go hunt, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and that's the difference, okay? When you get hungry, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit and wait by this food dish for some some magic hand to come and feed you and pet you on the mm-hmm. head? 
Are you going to go out and go hunting? Are you going to put your provisions together? And that's the difference between domesticated and undomesticated. And that's what a, but you know what, to me, and that's where the hustle comes in. That's where us as these organizations have to begin to hustle, man. We, we, we have to step up our effort and our game, period. Because like you were talking about, um, it's, this push will bring out in some of us the best, you know, that, that, that where we realize we need to unify and work together and build together. But it will also in some of us bring out the worst because we are domesticated beasts. You know, so I, you know, you gonna eat your cornbread? Yeah. How yeah. about I eat your cornbread? Yeah. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, we're gonna yeah. get a lot of cornbread being snatched. And so, let me say something you know, on this too, real quick. Yes, let me jump in, Chairman. I need yes, to sir. make sure people understand that as as a people Black Panther Party, what we try to do is deal with things from a holistic approach. This is why we got the yeah. mechanism. So it's real easy, and a lot of us can relate to the concept of being domesticated physically, but it. Is domestication is a part of our psyche. It's exactly how we operate on physical, mental, and spiritual. To give the example, yeah. like the sister said with the food dish, that's physically we, we expecting to get fed by the government or we expecting to get fed by others. Mentally, mm-hmm. we also rely and expect our education and our well-being in terms of our, per- our perception of life. We also mm-hmm. expect that to come through others. So we are mentally domesticated as well. Spiritually, what Jesus or, or the concept or the name Jesus or religion, where do we get our religion from? We get our religion from others. So since we get our religion from others, we are domesticated spiritually also. So our domestication Absolutely. is hitting us on all levels. So holistically, we are a domesticated product. So we have to attack it the same way on all three levels. As well as, yeah. and I always refer, I refer to this as the trifecta: mental, physical, spiritual, personal, family, community. All levels, all units have to have to be addressed to, to, together, and that's how we have mm-hmm. to have an approach when we deal with putting our programs together and we deal with educating the people. So the idea is, as we educate the people, what we do is we introduce them to the practice and the concepts of what's going on. And we, and we interject that through critical thinking. Because, mind you, yeah, critical, yeah, thinking, yeah. critical thinking is required when you want to come to the table with a solution. Since majority of us are domesticated, we don't think problem-solution. We think problem-reaction. But see? you know, we so have, when you, you have problems, you react. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, sir. And that's why... And that's why it's about throwing them in that water. Like I said, this is why I encourage the chapters to get up, because we have to throw them in that water and teach them as they're trying to swim. We have to show them, in, in you know, the instances that their reaction coming in, they're being re- reactionary, where that comes right in. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's time for them to get out, you know, for our people to get their feet wet. It needs to be, you know, um, application time now. Absolutely. Right. At 2019. 2019, we have, so we're going to, you know, and it's going to be a lot of people get their head bumped and some of them get their head knocked off because critical thinking is going to have, it has to kick in now. Yep. That's it. And it, and it, and it yeah. has to be an ongoing thing that you develop. And like yeah. with any other muscle, yeah. and the brain is a muscle, the more you use mm-hmm. it, the more it, it develops and it, and it becomes able to, to, to deal with these kind of components. 
And so mm-hmm. that even goes back to dealing with when I would refer to the Georgia Godstones because we have been bred and we have been projected. Society has put projected us to be lazy. And when people think of mm-hmm. lazy, a lot of times mm-hmm. they, think of, they think of it physically. But we have to realize that everything, that in terms of our attack, we'll be intact all from all sides. So we'll become mm-hmm. physically lazy, mentally lazy, and spiritually lazy. So mm-hmm. the only way to come up out of that laziness is to address it on all levels. If you only address mm-hmm. it on one level and you leave the other two untapped, guess what? They're mm-hmm. going to bleed back over to the one mm-hmm. that you think you're working on. You cannot mm-hmm. deal with it. That's mm-hmm. no different than trying to, to uh, address a symptom in versus, versus mm-hmm. dealing with the actual problem. And that's why I say mm-hmm. critical thinking causes you to look at the problem, not the symptoms. We are domesticated. You know what, that okay. is the problem. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, and, but you know what? It reminds me of something that um, one time, you know, um, Seven, your mother actually shared with me. Uh, we were talking, and she said that, you know, and that's, like you said, they're attacking us on all sides. She said African people think circular, not linear. You know, this battle is not numeric. It's not first we need to do this, first we need to do that. Like Chief, I agree wholeheartedly like what Chief is saying. We're being attacked in all sides. So the physical, the mental, the spiritual all have to be elevated, and he goes into it. And I love he tried it in, tied it in. I forget the order because I didn't have my pen. I was looking. But how it also ties into the social, economical, political, you know, all of these factors have to be tied in to the movements, um, to the movements we're making and understanding. And then, like you said, understanding the fact that the center point of that is we're coming from a domesticated mind state. Damn, as hard as that sounds, and as much as we don't like to say it, we need to, I call it, you know, but what, like I said, I call it neo, uh, that colonized mind state, but even worse, because you're not neo-colonialists. These colonists should at least fall for independence and revolution and have us celebrated every 4th of July, so I can't even say that we're neo-colonialists. Mind say, shit, we domesticated. That's a whole nother that's a whole other level of your place in looking which fits in with our point that we want a um a history that teaches the true nature of this decadent society and the black man, black man, black woman's role in it. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that if it's given to you all like we do here on this program, um, then prayerfully our intentions or that it will begin to motivate you with the key core being that you're domesticated, but the solution Mind you, because I know a lot of programs will give you the problems, and even us, because we want you to be aware of the attack being waged against you and the weapons used. But here it is, the solution we're saying is self-determination. The concept, idea, and practical practice in the beginning of things that lead to your full self-sufficiency, but with self-determination being that guiding principle. Everything I do is this leading to my independence and not just my independence as an individual, but my independence as part of a black African collective here in America. Or what am I doing? It, or if I'm doing this, is this a part of this colonized, this uh, not even colonized, this domesticated mind state? Am I spending unnecessarily? Just like, oh, my check come, oh, I'm going to get these samples to come, you know. Am I just being a glutton? eating? Am I getting all the jujus and boo-boo pops and not getting the beans and rice? Not learning a proper diet. Part of a domesticated mind state because we're just taking for granted that these things will always be there. Sitting by, what you say, the cat sit by the dish. 
Yeah, yeah. and Charmin, yeah. bring it yes, up sir. like this, too. All of our approaches, again, have to be holistic. When you say accountable spending, we talk about that mm-hmm. not just from a monetary standpoint, but I, let's look at time also as a resource. What do you spend wow. your time on? You see wow. what I mean? What do you yeah. spend? What, yeah. do you, what, what do you give your energy? Going back to spiritual, spiritual, you know, spiritual mm-hmm. life. So accountable yeah. spending has it going back to we talking about holistic approach, physically, mentally, mm-hmm. and spiritually accountable for what we are yeah. and what we attract and give our time and our value and our livelihood to. That's accountable spending, mm. and that accountable spending yes. has to tie back to self-sufficiency. Bottom line, absolutely, that's what we need absolutely. to deal with. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Did everybody catch that? Adding time to the spending, which is one of the most important resources. Um, you were saying seven. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said of course, of course. Yeah. See, there's there's some fundamental flaws here. See, when there's a fundamental flaw, that means everything you do is flawed. Period. That you went about it the wrong way. If your watch is wrong, every time you look at that watch, it's going to be wrong, period. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're going to be running behind. And so everything from that point, because the perspective from it is incorrect. And mm-hmm. so we have to change the perspective that it comes from. And, you know, I love all the wonderful words that are being used, but sometimes this is just lazy. You know what I'm saying? We, we've gotten comfortable. We've gotten content. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm happy with my little bit of whatever. And mm-hmm. um, and so we don't push harder when we know we should and we know we could. You know, we don't but spend I, the time. Please. But do we desire more? I mean, do we do? You remember, you know, and I don't want to, because I don't want to get into that archaic thing, but we were talking about better. Somebody said, well, they knew yeah. better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And was that better? So a lot of times... Um, is it a fact that, you know, if somebody get a step up, if they get, you know, if they, you know, and see, I don't like to, because I'm not a classist, so I don't like to use my people as examples, but we're talking about our people. Is a step up, you know, my Section 830 $30 went to $8. Is that better? Correct. Correct. You know what I, I'm saying? I know one thing that you were always saying is, like, no, we don't want a, uh, a lunch break from slavery. We want slavery to stop. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's not, yeah. not that we want... A lunch break, you know, right, an hour in between. Right, right. right. That, that's not solving the problem, <laughs> right. you know. And so no, a lot of us don't know what better is. A lot of us have, because it's a muscle. We haven't used this muscle. We haven't applied mm-hmm. ourselves, you know, we, and it's starting young. So we got, you know, the babies, 10, 11, whatever, with Facebook pages and interacting with grown people about grown things and everything else like that. And so, you know, we have been taught at a very young age wrong priorities. We've been taught wrong uh, because, you know, in our community, the dollar is God. And I'm like, not really. You know, we have to really, we have to force ourselves to understand what the difference is. And um, when we have learned this at a young age, when we saw mama doing it and the neighbor doing it and auntie doing it, that means that's how you do it. It, Exactly. We're really doing, we have to reverse decades of programming, you know, so that education piece is so important. Well, you know what, we talk about here, because I am, you know, people ask, well, I'm a separatist, but I believe the first separation, yeah, I guess, but the first separation is that spiritual, psychological, uh, and mental, and cultural, social, all of that, that's the first separation. And it goes back to like what Chief was saying, assimilation. Some call it integration. 
but I agree totally with them, a simulation, and not only assimilating their mannerism or their um, um, social cultural habits, but we assimilated and had taken on their morals and their ethics. I think there was a time when we clearly knew what better was. As a people, there was just certain things that was, what they say, everything understood don't need to be explained. There were certain things you did and don't do in our communities. And we came at, you know, the, I don't want to say the tail end of integration, but like somewhere up a, a 70 um, children in late 60s, you know, uh, children was right there with the, coming out of that with the, from the fighters. We're the children of the fighters for integration and uh, all the grandchildren. No, we're the children of the fighters, the black power thing, but we're the children of the fighters of integrationists. So a lot of them are, you know, seeing that from that perspective. And um, I'm saying all that to say, I'm, I don't want to get lost in thought or redundant because I'm looking at the time, but saying that to say that when we begin to accept their morals and their ethics, our community got shot. And some kind of way we have to go back to, you know, being, it has to be politically correct to be politically incorrect. That's the only way. Hey, Chairman, let me jump in. Let me jump in and, and also bring some clarity on this. Back during then, and what our people were fighting for was integration. Integration implies that we are given equal opportunity to coexist with one another. But what we received was a simulation. And what a simulation is, is when a people actually have are, are, are adopted into a society based on the mannerism and everything else that it exists, and you have to take on the ways of that society in which you're being adopted into. Now, we... Why do we why do we take on a simulation instead of integration? Let me explain. It happened yeah. because the same but, I gee, gee, case in point. I want you to repeat yes, that sir. one more time. I'm sorry for cutting your flow. Repeat that one more we, time to do what integrate about the integration. I can't stress that integration, enough. What was integration intentions? It, yeah. Integration and intentions is for us to have a equal access to society and an equal part in playing in a role or equal part to resources, or equal part to doing, having pr- production and goods and resources and serving our, own, our, our people. But we assimilated within a society. Now, the reason why we assimilated, I give you a case in point. We could talk about that from the standpoint of how I, I, we always say, well, if people were given reparations, now if all of a sudden black people got reparations, just say the reparations came in a monetary form. As long as our mentality is still based upon being con- consumers and not producers, then that money would turn be turned right back over to the oppressor. So yeah, what man. happened was when we fought for integration, we did not have a plan of action to maintain our, our, our status and maintain our identity as African and black people. We did not have that intact. Since we didn't have that intact, mm-hmm. we assimilated. So the whole point was we went into it not dealing with it from self-sufficiency. We went into it dealing with it mm. from, from civil rights, not human rights, mm. but civil rights. We fought a civil right. And from that standpoint, it is a legislation, it is legislation that tells you you can be considered equal to us. And that's why mm-hmm. we as African Africans have to be given the right to vote within the Constitution. Because mm-hmm. we are assimilated. 
So when mm. we deal with it, we have to break it down and, and address what had happened, which is that dysfunctionality. So we were dysfunctioned. And when you dysfunction something, then going back to what Sister Seven said, what will happen is you will continue to repeat that process, and what, your, with, what, what the human condition would naturally do is get better at whatever process is repeated, whether that be a progressive process for the human, human condition or a negative process. We, our systems, are designed to better enhance whatever it knows how to do. So if we know how to be mm. dysfunctional, then we're going to be better dysfunctional tomorrow, more dysfunctional the day after, and so on and so forth, until that flow is reversed. How is that flow reversed? Because we have to be exposed to something that is not uh, dysfunction, but functionality. Oh. So what we're doing is exposing our people to functionality, to offset the dysfunctionality that's taking place. But that functionality has to become more of, of their holistic being than that dysfunctionality. And so mm-hmm. that's the process mm-hmm. that we're fighting. So what we're doing is we're teaching the people how to be sane versus dealing with the insanity that's bombarded upon us every day in, day in and day out. So we want to teach yeah. people to be sane, and we want to teach people to yeah. function. Yeah. Yes, sir, Chairman. Yeah. Take it over. Yes, sir. No, 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 no. That's, and, that's, and that's real. You know, but that's, and that's the, the task, and it's difficult of it because you, we have to give them the uh, standard of sanity. Something to, ma- you know, um, match their sanity with. Because what we're talking, though we're talking sanity to the people insane, it seems insane. They're like, you're telling me we can actually do for self. Nigga, you crazy. Them, them, them white folks going to kill you. Or niggas, you can't work with niggas or this and that. So the message of self-determination to the insane seems absolutely insane. Right, you know, and this is yeah, and this is and and this is the challenge to create that center, like you said, of functionality to be able to create to psychological warfare. Yeah, yeah, it goes back to psychological warfare because yeah. what happens, and I use I use radio programming as an example. They play if they continue to play a, a booty shaking song, you may not like it at first. You know, oh, and they like mumble rap. Right. Think about mumble rap. Right. When mumble rap first yeah. came out, man, I was like, come on, dude. How can anybody yeah. like yeah. this stuff? But yeah. they continually yeah. feed that to you. The next thing you know, everybody mumble rapping. And now people start everybody liking mumble rap. rap. <laughs> I, you know what? You see, I'm going to tell you, I think it's the ad I think it's the ad libs. I think it's all the strip, skip it, skip. You ever just <laughs> listen to the ad libs? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm from it's the a, South, it's a man. process of dumbing down. It's yeah. all about it's a plan uh, to dumb uh, down the population. Oh, it's terrible. It's, a, it's, it's about terrible. dumbing down the population. Down the population. And they terrible. hit us and on all and levels. And yeah, and unfortunately, like you said, that it's it's very effective. But that goes into there again, like I said, setting the standards and the balls. For us progressive black organizations, there may be some things. I mean, you're bringing some points to light that I even have to think about. We may have to think about, as a party man, certain rules and regulations because we must touch on the spiritual, social, cultural aspects of it and stay away from realize the weapons being used um, in every form, things that we at once thought was, you know, wasn't harmful. Now we see have the potential to be harmful. So, see, we may have to go back and look in the rule, revise rules and regulations. Listen, we're coming down to our last minute. I want to thank everybody who spent time, man. Chief War, man, it's always a pleasure, you know, when you can stop in and 
take some time and share. Everybody who took time on that Thursday made this transition with us from the Tuesday to the Thursday. I know it's strange, but thank you for sticking with us. Stick with us in the future. You'll see we have more to come. But first and foremost, listen, participate in your own self-determination. Participate in your own freedom struggle. Find an organization. We're here for you. Contact us. Check us out on our Facebook page. But even if our politics are a little too weird for you, you know, maybe, uh, whatever. If it's not quite your taste, there's something out there for you. That is for the advancement and empowerment of us as a people. Get involved, though. That's the key. Get involved. With that, man, I leave you as our tradition. We always um, greeted you, which is all powers to the people, all powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, black power to a black people. And uh, we'll catch you next Thursday at this time. Hey, Chief Ward, thank you. Seven, thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Chairman. Black power. Black power.